Hello, world. Hey, world. Hello, world. Welcome to Hello, world. The future is female. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hello, world. The future is female. In today's episode, we're talking everything extracurricular and building your resume. Our special guest who will be providing some insight and useful advice on gaining experience is Anne Lee. As a brief intro and backstory, she's definitely a stellar student as she has admitted to Stanford, Harvard, and yeah, even MIT. Although she currently resides at Stanford University majoring in computer science with a minor in sustainability. She's the perfect person to shed light on what leaders can do in high school and even beyond to stand out and be a better person. Some of her initiatives or awards include being awarded the Cameron Impact Scholarship in 2018, a full tuition scholarship to attend any university, or the Brower Youth Award for Environmental Leadership. On top of this, she's interned at various startups, created her own organization in high school, schools under 2C, and continuously gives back to her community through mentorship, entrepreneurship, and internships at various companies, one of which many of us know, Microsoft. So it's my honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much, Anne. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me, Isabella. It's like an honor to be on your podcast, and I'm super excited to um, speak more. So I guess speaking of your continual success and accomplishments, how have you stayed motivated or what motivates you? One of the biggest things is to work on projects that you're like truly passionate about. I think there's a huge difference if you're just doing something for the sake of like putting it on a resume or listing it on an ex- as an experience when you apply to jobs or internships. Um, but you, you do things you truly care about. Um, I think that's one of the easiest ways to stay motivated. I find it really difficult to work on projects that I don't really care about. Um, I think one of the most important things is working on things that have like a very clearly defined mission or goal um, that you feel strongly about because you'll just find that you want to try your hardest to make it happen. And when you're working on things you're truly passionate about, like it won't really feel like work and you won't really have to stay motivated to keep working on it. Like so many times when I'm working on projects that I actually care about, I just like won't be able to fall asleep at night because I'm thinking about ideas or next steps um, on how we can get started. So that's one of my biggest um, takeaways that I've learned um, throughout doing projects. And the second thing is, I also think it's perfectly normal to feel burnt out. Like, I think a lot of people, when they don't feel like doing anything or they're just like tired, they feel really bad about themselves um, and that there's something wrong with them for wanting to take a break. But I think it's perfectly normal to once in a while just feel really tired, like wake up and you don't want to do anything. Like I would just take the day off and you don't have to feel bad about it at all. And then after you take a break and you feel like rejuvenated, um, you'll just work so much harder and faster and it's more efficient. So overall, you're like saving yourself time. That's a really great advice, especially in this pandemic where everything's like online and everything's new to us. It's really important to listen to yourself and give yourself a little bit more like room to relax and just not be as hard on yourself in this time. Many people desire or like want to be successful in life. And, you know, some even say there's a specific formula for success. But what's your thoughts on what makes someone successful or unsuccessful in anything, really? This is actually something I've thought a lot about in the past. Um, And this might sound cliche, but I really think you define your own version of success. And the reason I've thought so much about this is because in high school, like I used to see all these students who I would think were like super successful, who were maybe like a few years older than me. And I would like compare myself to them or like just really want to be them and also feel bad about myself if I wasn't like up to that standard. Um, I just remember like when I was really young in like maybe ninth or 10th grade, there was one student at my school who was older, who I really, really looked up to. And then after that, I won some award, like a local one, 
and I went to some award ceremony. I met some girl who I also thought was like super cool and successful. And I was like, whoa, like she's like even more like successful by like those poorly defined metrics. And then I would go on like another trip for like some academic related thing. And I would meet someone else who I thought was like even more like successful and like very poor, like loosely defined metrics. And then I realized like there's really no end like especially as you start doing more and like involving yourself in more activities and meeting more people, like you'll always meet people who are just like so like insanely talented and successful. And there's no point in like comparing yourself to others um, or feeling bad about yourself because there's like no one way you can compare people. And also it's just like, it's like a never ending cycle. Like there's always gonna be someone in the world who you think is like more successful than you, right? So the two lessons I learned while thinking about this is one, instead of like comparing yourself to people or like feeling bad about yourself when you look at others, you should really turn yourself or turn this into motivation to one, better yourself and two, work harder and like just use them as like a role model you look up to um, and like aspire to like work that hard and like keep doing things you enjoy. And then the other thing is like, obviously there's no point in comparing yourself to others. Like everyone is different. And there's really no end when it comes to comparing yourself. And ultimately, you define like what success means um, in your own terms. And there's like no universal standard for like what makes someone successful and what doesn't. So at the end of the day, you just have to be happy and proud of what you do and what you're passionate about. Yeah, that's really great advice, Anne. And obviously, the only way to get better at something is through continual and intentional practice. And um, of course, you can like use the um, successful people you find to inspire you. But I really appreciate how you're um, how you discuss that. Don't use it as false motivation to do just to be better than them. I think that's really great. And especially in this pandemic, people are having a hard time with managing their time, and just because it feels like this is like an eternity of a year. So, how can people learn to manage their time better and overall better themselves as students or even people? Yeah. So first of all, you mentioned that we were in a pandemic. So obviously it's a really difficult time for everyone so kind of like I mentioned in the first prompt like especially during these times I think it's really fine to just feel like burnt out or tired and just take a break from everything and you don't have to feel bad for taking care of yourself and after you feel like more energy you'll be a lot more efficient um, afterwards Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is um, this is specifically to like high schoolers I think something I noticed a lot at my high school was that a lot of my friends and peers would multitask. So even in the classroom or at home, when they were doing their homework, they would have like Facebook pulled up in one tab and like, or like Netflix pulled up in one tab and like their homework assignment pulled up in another, or they would just be sitting next to their phone with the notifications on. And anytime you see a notification, like you feel a sensation, like a burning sensation that you need to check your phone. Um, So one of my biggest um, like, lessons, I guess, from high school is I always try to like clearly define what I'm working on. Like I'm either doing one thing or another. I'm not really doing both. Like I usually always silent like all my phones, devices and electronics when I'm working. Um, And I try to never multitask. Like if I'm doing work, I have all my social media tabs closed or like Facebook closed. I like try to not do anything else at the same time. And the other thing is, like I said, I try to clearly define what I'm working on. Like if I'm taking a break, I'm just try to fully relax and like turn my mind off anything work related and not think about it. But when I'm working, I try my best to not get distracted. So I'm either like 
in working mode or break mode. And I find that helps me be a lot more efficient and manage my time better. One of the ways that I found that I can um, be, become better at managing my time is actually allotting time for this and say maybe setting a timer on my phone to say, okay, I'm working for this time. And then I get a 15 minute break. So it keeps me from that endless amount of break time. So I do end up getting work done. A prominent distraction in today's world is social media, especially with everything being accessible online. So I'm curious as to how you spent your free time in high school and not let social media consume you. Mm-hmm. I guess for one, um, I mentioned in my last um, response that I always turn off my social media. I actually only have Facebook and don't really use it. I don't have anything else. Like I don't have Snapchat, Instagram, or any other social media. Um, and I guess that was always a very intentional decision since I was younger. Um, I always thought social media was like, from its roots, like kind of toxic. Like I think people, for one, like you obviously only share the high points in your life, right? Like you only show when you're really happy or on vacation. But I think a lot of people don't realize that. So when they see others on social media looking super happy, they think that's just their reality. But in actuality, like you have no idea how they feel, but they only post like their highlights. And I think this can have a really toxic effect um, on teenagers and young people, especially girls. Like I've read a lot of studies about how harmful social media is um, for young girls. And I saw around myself, a lot of my friends who had social media would like always be comparing themselves to others. And when they compare themselves, they also want to tear others down, right? To feel better about themselves. And Mm -hmm. so many of my friends, even during class, like they were just always checking Instagram and like almost addicted to their phones. Um, So I think one thing is, either like, I guess I made the choice early on that I didn't really want social, want to use social media um, or spend much time on it. But I think it's perfectly fine to also have it, but just like keep in mind that people are always only posting the highlights of their lives. So there's no need to like compare yourself to others or like think about why your life doesn't look like that. And also, like I mentioned, when I was talking about time management, I think a really helpful tip is just to Um, like really be aware of how much time you spend on social media. Um, I think like iPhones show you how much time you spend on different apps. So that really helps you keep in mind like how much time you're spending on like social media or any kind of app. And then for me in high school, I spent a lot of my free time, like, I don't know, playing with my dog. I also love painting. So I did some of that and just hanging out with friends. And the other thing is, um, I feel like whenever a lot of the work I do, Like a lot of times it doesn't really feel like work. Like if I'm working on like environmental projects or like some kind of like extracurricular, it just feels like something I would do for fun anyway. So when I like try to take a break or like do free time, sometimes I'll like just try to do something that's like productive or like moving me towards some goal that I just like think is fun anyways. Or like it feels like taking a break, even if it's like still like productive in some sense. Mm-hmm. So that's been very helpful to um, to use my time more efficiently. Yeah, I guess also social media is, I don't want to say it's completely negative. There are some positive aspects to it, but I think it can distract people from actually finding things that are interesting to them. So maybe exploring less time on social media and trying to find things that you're interested in, like you said, art or just playing with your dogs or just taking that time to be grateful for what you have. 
Since you're almost finished with your undergrad at Stanford, you've kind of had time to reflect on your collegiate or even high school experience. So what's one thing you'd wish you had known or done before entering college or your career choice? And do you have any advice for teens who want to pursue a career path similar to yours? Mm -hmm. So like you mentioned earlier, in college, I've been studying computer science. And I think computer science is really powerful. And no matter what career or field you want to go into, it's just such a useful skill to have, especially as the world is becoming more and more digital. Um, these skills are like very essential to like any job, I think. Um, the one thing is, I in high school, I didn't do that much computer science or technology related things. Um, I didn't really even take AP computer science, I think, until my junior year, because that's like the year everyone at my high school was supposed to take it. Um, and I really, really wish I got into computer science earlier, um, especially like I think for younger girls, like a lot of girls don't get exposed to computer science at a young age. And I think it's really important because when it comes to college and you're doing these introductory computer science classes, you'll find that so many of the peers around you, especially guys, because they typically start like computer science earlier, like they already know everything. And it's kind of discouraging to be like learning everything the, the first time or like struggling a bit. Um, so my biggest like advice would be, um, and something I wish I had done earlier, was getting into computer science, especially if you're a young girl, um, because I know a lot of like girls aren't really encouraged to pursue like computer science as a field. And I know that when I was younger, even like in middle school or like very, very early high school, I just didn't really think computer science was for me. It wasn't something I was really interested in. Whenever I thought of computer science, I would just imagine like a bunch of guys like wearing sweatpants in their garage, like coding till 2 a.m. And I just never thought it would be something I would be interested in. So that like turned me away from it. And it's why I didn't really do it until I had to at my high school and junior year. But so that's like my advice, like especially if you're a young girl, I think you should try it out. I think early exposure to computer science is super important and it can help you so much in your career in the future. Um, so yeah, that's like something I've been more passionate about recently, um, getting more girls into like computer science, especially at an early age. Just trying it out and going for it, like just taking the chance. I mean, what's the harm in um, you not liking it? Like, yeah, at least you had that experience. So I guess moving more onto your extracurriculars and passions, you're very involved with kind of advancing our society in the environmental or sustainability aspect. So how do you get involved in sustainability and why do you like give back to your community? Where should students look if they want to contribute? Yeah, so I feel like I've always been interested in sustainability and the environment because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. in Washington. So I'm just like surrounded by nature. My mom's like very outdoorsy too. So when I was younger, she would always take me like camping and hiking and crabbing and clamming and all of those things. And as I grew older, I started seeing the environmental effects um, like even take place on my own neighborhood, like whether that was like forests being cut down um, for new housing developments, or even when I went like crabbing or clamming, we would see new signs saying that you have to be careful how much like um, fish you consume because of the increasing toxins in the environment. So I guess growing up in Washington, it was always like kind of like a part of my identity growing up and something I was always aware of. Um, So then in high school, around the 2016 presidential election, I think my friends and I knew that this election was really important on whether or not we would stay in the Paris Climate Accord, which is an international agreement for countries to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. 
And we thought it was really, really important to tackling climate change in the long term. So after the election, a couple of friends and I decided that even if our government didn't want to follow through with the Paris Climate Accord, like even if adults weren't going to take action, we still could. So we formed an organization at our school called Schools Under 2C. And then we reduced our school's carbon footprint by over two tons monthly. But after that, we realized like we didn't just want to like do it at our own school. Like how could we spread this message or like inspire other kids around the world? So we started a challenge and we started challenging other schools all across the nation and the world to get involved and try to reduce their own carbon footprint. Um, and I think to date over 40 or 50 schools have signed the challenge to reduce their carbon emissions. And the goal really was to not just start like a movement where people reduce their school's greenhouse gas emissions. That wasn't really the point. It was really to make like environmental education um, more accessible and prominent to young adults and also make students feel like they could take action in their own community. And then that kind of leads into the second part of your question about how students can um, look, where they can look if they want to contribute to their own community. So I think one of the um, greatest ways to come up with ideas, kind of building off something I was talking about earlier, is to look at people around you or around the nation who are doing really amazing things and like take inspiration from what they've been doing. Like you mentioned, in high school, I received the Brower Youth um, Award, which is like this award for environmental leadership. So many of the leaders there are so amazing and inspiring. And if you just look up like the website, you can see a list of like all the previous recipients and you can really like learn about so many issues and see how other people have been tackling them and take inspiration from that. Um, so you have ideas to start your own initiative. And then I also think it's a lot easier to start an initiative if you like have a more focused issue on what you're passionate about. So for the environment specifically, if you're very passionate about, I don't know, like climate change or endangered species or deforestation, um, you can find projects or work on things that are very specific to that one goal. Um, and that will help keep your project focused and also help you come up with next steps on where to go from there. That's truly remarkable that you were able to start from what was making memories with your parents to actually developing a passion and love for the environment and sustainability. That's really, really amazing. And, and that's a final question that kind of wraps up this theme of women empowerment and advancing our future. How are you planning to change the world now or even in the near future? I guess to kind of summarize everything we've been talking about, there's two things I'm like particularly really passionate about. One, of course, is environmental issues always kind of been working on. Of course, like I hope to continue leading like environmental initiatives and making change in the environmental space. And I think it's really important to get girls into STEM and computer science at an early age. So something else I'm really passionate about is education um, and computer science for younger girls. And that's something I really hope to work more on in the future as well. So those are two areas I'm really excited about and hope to continue working on in the future. That's so wonderful that you're encouraging and inspiring this younger generation, especially females, to pursue a career that in the past was very heavily male dominant. And it's really important and beneficial for leaders to be exposed to computer science, for example, or really whatever field of study they want to pursue early on. And the sooner you start, you know, the sooner you can make that impact you want to achieve. Again, thank you so much and for taking the time to actually spread your knowledge and thoughts on changing our world. Yeah, thanks so much again for having me. It was great speaking to you and hopefully this like helps someone out there. So that's it for today's episode. Remember to stay positive, stay inspired and change the world.
Bye guys. Thank you.